Hello and welcome to another episode of Haunted HTX Podcast. I'm your host, Zach. This is it, y'all. This is the first anniversary episode of the podcast. I'm so excited and I wanted to take a second to thank everyone who tunes in to listen to me and these stories. It really means a lot to me. So thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Remember, if you have a story you'd like to share on the podcast, please email me at hauntedhtx at gmail.com. With that out of the way, I have a few stories for you tonight, so let's get into it. This story comes from Mothra is my mom. I grew up in a haunted house owned by an oil baron from the 19th century. So this story is 100% true. And I'm basically still scared even thinking about what happened to me as a kid in this house. I grew up in Massachusetts, and when I was 10, my family bought a very large 20-plus room house in Brookline, a suburb of Boston. My family was rich, but not like super classy old money rich. My dad owned a business basically supplying seconds to stores like the Christmas tree shops, etc., At any rate, the house my parents bought was really old and was owned by a pretty well-known family in Boston. They owned an oil company. We didn't move into the house for like two years because of my mother's renovations. When we finally moved in, several weird things happened. One, my room was on the second floor, directly under the third floor rec room. I used to hear odd music and stomping from upstairs. Once, I even opened my door and yelled, STOP! And the noise did indeed stop. I learned years later that that rec room had been a servant's quarters. 2. Glasses used to break on their own all the time. Cups would just shatter on the kitchen counter without being touched. 3. I was once walking down the hallway on the third floor, when I felt a hand touch my shoulder and try to forcibly turn me around. I remember feeling terrified and knowing in my gut that I really, really, really didn't want to see what was behind me. I screamed and ran. Scariest moment of my entire life. I've got so many stories from that place. This story comes from Miss Snaps. My Dad's Creepy House My dad's house was built in 1929. Because of this, it has many walls and rooms and dark hallways and an intensely creepy stairwell to the basement. The basement itself mostly gets good daylight from outside as there's a window in each room. To start, all my life I had heard from my siblings that the house was haunted and my dad liked to tease that in the storage rooms connected to the stairwell, there was an old woman that lived in them. The stairwell to the basement has pale blue, cold concrete stairs, and a sharp corner that takes you from natural light to darkness as you make your way down. In between the levels of the house, there are two storage rooms directly across from each other, with narrow, short doors that are connected by the stairs. They are pitch black and the doors don't close. The wood beams of the house and the rock is completely exposed and the floor is uneven. 
My oldest brother had once brought a Ouija board into the house, and as soon as he did, the kitchen cabinet started opening and slamming on their own. I have heard once you accept a Ouija board from someone, you have to give it away to someone else if you want the spirits to leave. I'm not sure whatever happened to the Ouija board, but I know all of my life I never felt alone in that house. I had never heard anything at first, just always felt like I was being watched. I would always see strange reflections move across turned off TV screens when I was home alone. When I got married, my dad offered up the basement apartment to me and my husband. It had just been remodeled and it was perfect for us just starting out. Before the remodel, my dad had used it for his fish tanks storage and just being by himself. On my husband and I's first night in the basement, things felt very off. A heavy atmosphere filled the basement. It was not a friendly presence. It was angry or malicious. I asked my husband if he could bless the house, and he did so. Immediately after the prayer, the atmosphere was lifted, but I still felt this strange energy, like whatever it was, was still trying to come in, like if we opened the door, it would come back. Fast forward four to five months, and I'm pregnant. I often forgot to take my prenatal until late, so we would be in bed with all the lights off when I'd go back into the kitchen to take it. On this particular night, I was in the kitchen, which was adjacent to the tiny living room with a window front door to a tight stairwell. I could see into the stairwell where I stood. There was a completely dark silhouette standing in the stairwell, looking right into my front door. At that moment, I felt that evil suffocating presence. I felt like it wanted to hurt me and my unborn baby. I reached down to my phone, which had been on the table, and shined my flashlight at the door. I didn't see anything. I wondered if it was just my eyes playing tricks on me, so I turned off my flashlight and focused my eyes on the door again to see if it would still look like someone was standing there. The silhouette was gone. I returned to bed too scared to speak. Shortly after this incident, I was still pregnant. I was waiting for my husband to get home. The evening light cut through my windows in this familiar orange-yellow hue. I was in my bedroom, right next to the door, and that bedroom window was right by the stairwell. You could always hear when someone was coming downstairs, and with the intense light shining up against the closed blinds, you'd see their legs walking down into the stairwell to the front door. As I sat waiting, doing my makeup in front of the floor mirror, I'm not just a weirdo who sits on the floor waiting doing nothing. I saw a familiar shadow of someone coming downstairs and heard heavy footsteps. I thought it was my husband. I peeked my head out of the bedroom door, which allowed me to see the windowed front door about 10 feet away. Nobody was there in the stairwell. I jumped to my feet and ran to the door and swung it open, convinced my husband had ducked down beneath the glass to prank me. Nobody was there. I went outside and started looking around desperately, running up the stairs to verify that nobody was pranking me. 
Nobody would have had enough time to climb the six-foot wall of the stairwell without me seeing and getting out of my view. From when I saw the steps coming down and when I was at the top of the stairs, it was about 30 seconds. My husband pulled into the driveway to see me standing at the top of the stairs confused. I even asked him if he had seen somebody running away from the house, and he said no. After those two incidents, I asked my husband to bless the stairwell down to the house, and I never saw anything there again. The last incident is in the stairwell of the house. I would often hear strange knocks on the walls that seemed to follow me as I went upstairs to do laundry. I chalked it up to a lifetime of being creeped out by those stairs, and that the plaster walls and concrete stairs were just creating noise from my walking. One day, I was in the kitchen, cooking dinner, and my brother was over. We had a very nosy stepmother, and she would knock on the door from the basement that connected to the inside stairwell, and then just come in. Because of her, I put a bell on the door that would jingle from even a gentle knock. So I heard a knock and the bell. My brother and I paused our talking since we both heard it. I yelled come in twice, but nobody came in. So I went to the door and opened it. Nobody was there. I asked my husband to bless that stairwell too after that. It was the only thing that stopped the activity. I don't live there anymore, but my brother lives in that basement now, and I'd like to tell him about my experiences and maybe give him the creeps. This story comes from Crimson. Dumbfounding amount of unexplained water in bed. My four-year-old son woke up screaming in distress, and while my wife was comforting him, my seven-year-old daughter came out of the room and said her bed was wet and it was scary. Backing up, last night we put our kids down for bed. They sleep in a bunk bed, my daughter on top. After my son was screaming and my daughter saying her bed was wet, I thought she had just sweat a lot and discounted the fact that it had scared her. I felt her and she was completely dry, with dry hair, dry clothes, dry skin, not even clammy, and dry underwear. I went into the room with her and felt her bed. It jolted me. Her sheets had a wet spot about two feet across and her bed was soaked down into the mattress. I mean soaked like someone had poured an entire glass of water into her bed. She hadn't wet the bed. Like I said previously, she was completely dry, clothes and all. The position of the wet spot was odd as well. It was the upper half of the bed, from where her chin would have been to where her belly button would have been. Even odder, the bottom of her pillow was soaked and it cut off the top of the wet spot. By that I mean it was like the liquid came from under rather than getting the mattress wet and soaking into the pillow from below. The liquid was clear and scentless. I soaked as much of it up with towels as I could. There was enough liquid to even wring them out into a bowl. So I did exactly that. 
I have some water testing equipment for an aquarium I have downstairs, so I thought to test the hardness and see if it was tap water. Our tap water is extremely hard and tests at 360 parts per million. The liquid from her bed registered at 555 ppm. It was 50% harder than tap water and definitely not urine. The walls and ceiling in her room were bone dry. There were no water bottles or cups in her room at all. This water basically came out of nowhere with no explanation. And there was a lot of it. I can't come up with anything to explain it. Not one. And it has both of us a little dumbfounded and freaked out. This is probably unrelated, but it adds to the creepiness. Our dog was completely freaked out last night. Stress panting, not leaving my side. Ears back, acting absolutely stressed, both before and for the duration of the evening. Has anyone else ever experienced anything like this? Or have any likely explanations? This story comes from Lee, or Braun28, if you remember them from last week. As with my first submission to you, this story is true. It occurred in the month of August 1989, titled Cause and Effect. I built my home on a two-acre plot, an old established neighborhood. The plot only became available because it was once a large garden field, part of a farm long since gone. On the second day of construction, an older man named Donnie who lived in the neighborhood came to watch. I introduced myself. After a few minutes, Donnie stated he was glad that someone was finally doing something with the property. Without any buildup, he said directly, You know, this is where they used to burn all the bodies. I turned my head directly at him, and he was still staring at the construction going on. I said, Do what? He proceeded to tell me about a Spanish flu epidemic that killed a lot of the town's residents so quickly that officials couldn't bury them fast enough. So they approached the man who owned the property, it sits out of town on a hill, and used it despite his objections. They stacked the bodies and burned them where my house was being erected. Long pause for me that he didn't feel the need to fill. I finally broke the silence. Well, how do you know that it was here, in this spot? He said, oh, I watched them do it. Stood right over there with my mom and dad for a while. Then we walked back to the house. He pointed to the same house he still lived in. Our house was eventually completed, and we moved in. On the fourth weekend of the second month in residence, my wife woke me up at 2.45 a.m. by leaning down over my face. Whispering and lightly shaking my arm, she said, Hey, hey honey, wake up. I opened my eyes and started to raise up. She halted me, still whispering, and said, don't make any noise. Someone's in the house. They're downstairs. I already called the police. They're on the way. Just stay quiet. After standing, I got my revolver and told her to stand behind me. You don't have to go downstairs. 
You can hear them from the spindles at the end of the hallway, she whispered. I made my way to where she said I could hear something. We stood there for approximately 15 to 20 seconds before hearing muffled but loud thuds and the distinct sound of something heavy being dragged across the concrete floor. Then, the sound of two people talking, again muffled, but what was being said couldn't be determined. I stayed where I was. The basement door was locked. If they made any move into the upstairs and turned the corner where I was, they'd be greeted with a nasty surprise. Headlights briefly flooded the bay windows behind us, then disappeared. It was the police. I'd forgotten that my wife had called them. I told her to go let them in, and then tell them I'm armed but will have the gun on the floor where they can see it once they begin to approach the house. We brought them, in low voices, up to speed. Two officers on call. We told them to be still and listen. They then heard what we had been hearing, acknowledging it by looking at each other and then at us, nodding. One asked if there was a downstairs entrance. Yes, we responded, but they're sliding glass so you'll be visible to whoever's down there. He said, are they locked? I said, yeah, they're locked. One of them walked outside while the other walked toward the upstairs door to the basement. I whispered across to him that he'd have to unlock the door before it opened. The cop opened the door quickly and loudly said, This is the Munchie Police Department. Show yourself now in the flashlight, hands on head. No response. Step out now, he repeated. After holding his position for several seconds, we heard taps on the sliding glass doors downstairs. It was the other cop who'd been shining his flashlight into the basement. The upstairs cop slowly went down the stairs, then walked over, unlocked the door, and let the second cop in. We walked across the family room to the top of the stairs and heard the two policemen talking in a low tone. I said, you guys okay down there? What's up? One cop came walking up the stairs, and the other went out the basement door the way he entered. The cop looked at my wife and I and said, uh, there's no one down there. My partner made it to the doors before I'd hollered down the stairs and flooded the basement through the glass with his flashlight. He didn't see anything either. I said, was the lock broken downstairs? How did they get in? He said, no, the lock was fine. Haven't used that door much, have you? There are cobwebs around the sliding track. I told them I hadn't used it at all since we moved in. He began to leave and was beginning to use his radio on the way out. I stopped him and said, So what now? What do we do about who was in the basement? No one was in the basement, he said. My wife and I said, But you guys heard them. You looked at us and shook your heads, yes. You even put your hand on your gun in the holster. Yeah, well, no one's down there now, he said. If you hear or see anything else, just give us a call. Rather hurriedly, he left. The second cop didn't even come in. Us? We were left standing, looking at each other. I still live in that house. Thank you for listening to this episode of Haunted HDX Podcast. I want to thank Mothra as my mom, Ms. Snap, 
Crimson and Lee for letting me read their stories. And as always, to Oscar for the intro music. If you have a story you'd like to share for the podcast, please email me at hauntedhtx at gmail.com. Connect with us on social media, which I will have in the description below. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. Finally, for whatever platform allows you, please give a rating and a positive review so more people can find us. All right, that's all for now. Talk to you next week. Bye, y'all.